Welcome to another Spotlight edition of Beyond Sermons, where we seek Jesus Christ beyond the pulpit. Street preaching is an effective means to evangelize the gospel. Jesus was a street preacher along with his disciples. It takes bold faith to proclaim the salvation of Jesus Christ. Today, we spotlight a street minister of the gospel, and his name is Dore Love. Dore hails from Vancouver, Canada, and preaches in a variety of locations. found his ministry to be quite compelling and quite brave. You can find his content on YouTube when you search for Dore Love, that's spelled D-O-R-R-E, and then the last name is Love, L-O-V-E. For this podcast, we will highlight some of his preaching to Muslims, to the LGBTQ community, to climate change protesters, as well as a visit to Comic-Con. Some honorable mentions for Dore not covered in today's presentation are his, is his preaching at Black Lives Matter events, as well as a drag queen story time. Let's set the stage for the first clip. Islam is the second largest religious group behind Christianity. It's the fastest growing population and its holy book is the Quran, while the Bible is the holy book for Christianity. The Bible has been scrutinized for many generations, but can the holy Quran stand up to the test? I'm going to share a clip of Dore Love and his street preaching element. In these conversations, it takes place on a busy street of Toronto between Dore and a few Muslims. Now, please note that these clips were extracted from Dore Love's YouTube channel. So you, so you believe everything the Quran says? Yes, of course. Do you slap your wife? Do you slap your wife? Don't, don't go there. Don't. I'm going to go. No, no. You said you believe. No, I am going to go there. I am going to go there because I'm going to expose the Quran. I'm exposed what you say. You said, brother, I'm going to, I'm going to let you talk to. Okay, you see? You, 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 brother, you have to accept Jesus Christ because you don't have to. Jesus Christ says, don't slap your wife. Do you believe everything in the Quran too? I believe in Bible and I believe in... No, no, I didn't ask you that. I said, do you believe everything in the Quran? That's what I asked you. The chapters that I read, yes. So do you believe Quran, Quran 434 where it says that your husband can, can strike you? Do you believe that as well? There is no such a thing that says that. It's not, okay, so if I show it to you, you're going to be Christian? Here we go. Let's read the Quran. So this is what the Quran says about women. Men are in charge of women by right of what Allah has given them. Over the other they spend for maintenance. For their wealth, for righteous women are devoutly obedient, guarding in absence what Allah will have them guard. The first, from who you fear arrogance, first advise them, then forsake their bed, and then strike them. This is Quran 434. The Quran, and here it is in Arabic as well. It tells you, it tells you, the Quran says it's okay to strike your wife. This is what the Quran says. You said you believe everything in the Quran. Here, here's the Arabic. Let me show. Let me show the camera. There's, there's the Arabic. Yes, sir. There's the Arabic, and and there's there's what it says right there. It says strike your wife. This brother right here, get him. Say that he believes everything that the Quran says. This woman right here says she believes everything the Quran says. So if you believe everything it says, you have to believe that it's okay to beat your wife. Now I'm gonna ask you again. If you believe everything the Quran says, do you believe it's okay to beat your wife? I won't talk because you're having the mic. I don't keep it. I won't think because one thing, one thing. Give me, give me the mic. Give me the mic. Then that's it. No. I'll take You can't defend domestic violence. Defend Allah. Hold on, no, no. Someone defend Allah. Why is Allah saying it's okay to smack your wife? Why is it okay? Allah says okay to beat your to beat your to beat your wife to smack your girlfriend. Why does Allah say it's okay to strike your wife? Defend Allah. Allah needs to be defended right here. You know why? Okay, time for my assessment. Needless to say that Dory is a charismatic extrovert. He quotes a good amount of scriptures, not only from the Bible, but he also targets scripture in the Quran. 
Now, by no means would I consider this a conclusive debate, but I did not hear compelling reasons to believe the Quran from this exchange. This clip offered some insight into Muslim culture and exposes a portion of Sharia law, uh, which is in total conflict with the U.S. Constitution. The Muslims in this clip were not scholars and they were at a disadvantage from the start, but I do admire their courage to speak up for what they believe. I found their approach to defending the Quran honest, perhaps heartfelt, but with philosophical fallacies. Now, just like Christianity, Islam has some peaceful and some combative believers, but I prefer a peaceful path to the truth. Now to the next clip. Dory has an interesting exchange with a young Christian man at a gay pride parade. The young Christian man affirms the gay lifestyle by questioning the authority of scriptures. I was impressed with the young man's knowledge of the Bible, and he even references the Old Testament when engaging Dory Love. Um, I found this exchange a little bit comical, so try not to laugh and try and really understand the full context of this conversation. This is an edited version of the conversation, though, so please check the podcast summary for links to the full version. The Bible says when you accept Jesus Christ, you get the Holy Spirit. Where's the Holy Spirit? It's a boost of God living inside you, and it cleans up your life. That's why I'm telling you that if a homosexual or a lesbian or a transgender person accepts Christ, they'll get the Holy Spirit, and they won't be lesbian no more. Won't be homosexual no more. Won't be transgender no more. So I'm telling you. You accept Christ, and Christ will change you. The Bible says that all things become new. I'm giving you a way out. A lot of people want to stay. A lot of people want to stay in this lifestyle. A lot of people want a way out. So if you want to stay in that lifestyle, God bless you. We'll pray for you. The Bible says pray for your enemies, pray for those persecuted, pray for everybody. If you want to stay in that lifestyle, God bless you. But if you want a way out, Jesus Christ gives you a way out. And that's why we're here today. Trying to give you a way out. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Praise the Lord. Does Jesus Christ say anything about homosexuality? Yeah, he does. Where? In the Bible. Okay, yeah, but where in the Bible? Romans 126. Sorry, Jesus Christ didn't write Romans. Paul wrote Romans. Who's Jesus Christ? Son of God. What else is he? God incarnate. Yeah, but he's also the Holy Spirit. You know, you know, you know what the Holy Spirit is? God. Amen. Holy Spirit is God. And the Bible <laughs> says that the whole, that the Bible was written by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so everything in there is, is is dictated by Jesus Christ. Inspired by the Holy Spirit, not written by the Holy Spirit. Every single bi- every single book in the Bible has a human author attributed to it. That was full of the Holy Spirit. By the Holy Spirit cannot make any errors though. He's God. Fixed. Sorry? No, that's not that's not the point he's making. He's making the point that God, Jesus himself never said um um sexuality is a sin. But Jesus said Jesus did say this, that every man should have his own wife, <laughs> and every and every every wife should have her own husband. He didn't say every husband should have his own husband, every wife should have his own wife. So he clarified that. Matter of fact, he even said that a mother, a man shall leave his mother and father and shall cling to his same-sex partner, shall cling to his transgender homie, cling to his, his homeboy, shall cling to his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Now, this is what one flesh means. Two bodies come together and they create one flesh. What's that one flesh, fellas? A little baby. That's one flesh. That's how God intended it to be. But you can't take the Bible out of context as a historical document. Like, it's a beautiful book of faith. Why can't we? Because it was written by man. Okay. And man is inherently sinful, and man is inherently unperfect. Like, if there's one thing that the Bible says, and like, if there's one truth that is consistent throughout all threads of the Bible. There is. Yeah, exactly. Is the world round, or is it flat? It's round. The Bible says, the, everyone, when, the th- when everyone thought the world was flat, the Bible said the world was round. When, when photosynthesis weren't even invented yet, the Bible told you about photosynthesis. Okay, I mean, so then you say it's a perfect book then. That's what I'm saying. 
I'm saying that if there's one if there's one thing that the Bible is consistent throughout is that God loves us. Amen. And that we are inherently sinful and we are inherently wrong. That's right. And we are inherently imperfect. That's right. And therefore we are incapable of perceiving perfection and recognizing perfection. And that is why. That's not true. That's what the Holy Spirit is. And that's why the Bible says this. That's why I believe that homosexuals can be changed, lesbians can be changed, transgender people can be changed. Because the Bible says that when you accept Christ, you get you get the spirit of Christ. So the spirit of, is no longer me, but it's Christ who lives inside of me. And so now you're walking and talking as a, as a Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit, doing what the Holy Spirit says you do. You're no longer walking in the flesh. But if you're walking in the flesh, you're going to keep banging chicks. You're going to keep being homosexual. You're going to keep being an adulterer. But when you're walking in the Holy Spirit, you're out here preaching the gospel to those people. But God created homosexuals to be homosexuals. No. Did God create a serial killer to be a serial killer? So, okay, so, so you think that the, the chemical makeup of the brain that chooses people to be attracted to people of the same sex or the same gender, that they can they can choose the chemistry of their brain? No, this is what I'm saying. I'm saying that's a, that's a fallacy. That's not true. Because um, a baby is not born wanting to have sex, you see? The baby is not born with these, chem these sexual chemicals. When a baby is born, all it knows is, is nourishment and, and the smell of mom's breast. Then, and then as it develops, it, it takes, it learns these things as it grows. You know what I mean? So that's what I'm trying to say. Because no baby is born wanting to have sex. This is a sexual act. Homosexual is a sexual act. It's a sexual attraction. Do you know one baby that's attracted to another baby? Have you ever been to a hospital and you saw a little baby Tommy looking over there drooling at little baby Tina? Like, uh -uh, I can't wait till I'm five. No, that's never happened. Because, yeah, because it's true, it's a fallacy. Now this is what, I believe it's a cop-out. People tell you that it's a choice and you can't challenge it. Just like, just like some people in the, in the Christian community be like, oh, God said this, so you can't challenge it. I believe that everything that's in the public square should be able to be challenged. When you tell me it's a choice, you're just saying I can't challenge that. I'm telling you, yes, I can. So look, Ted, you know who Ted Bundy is? You know who Jeffrey Dahmer is? Yeah. Okay, Ted Bundy used to kidnap women, rape them, and, and, and kill them. Like 30 women. Wait, wait. Jeffrey Dahmer used to kidnap little boys, cut their slums off, put them in the freezer and eat them for later with a nice little shot of Chianti, right? And when they, no, no, when they interviewed these people, Ted Bundy said, I don't know, I've been like this since I can remember, right? I used to kill little, uh, I used to kill little rabbits. Jeffrey Dahmer said, I was born like this. I've had these tendencies ever since I can remember. So by that, by that same logic, we, Jeffrey Dahmer should go free. It's not his fault. Ted Bundy should have never been executed. It's not his fault. Don't all people go free through Jesus Christ? Yeah, amen. If they accept him, you think Jeffrey Dahmer accepted Jesus? <laughs> he was eating people's testicles. I think it was he was way up. It was it was a rap for that dude. And uh, Samson killed over a thousand people with the jawbone of an axe. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, so I, God gave him that power. Yeah. So, amen. So I mean. Okay. So and guess what? How many how many Canadian soldiers kill people overseas to protect our freedom? It's the same thing. It's the same thing. It was a time of war, but we don't, when we see, if we see a soldier, we're not going to be like, hey, you stupid soldier, you just killed a whole bunch of people over there. No, we say thank you for your service, because we can tell the difference between murder and killing in a time of war. It's a difference. Wow. This was a great exchange uh, between two people with significant knowledge of the Bible. The only issue I had with the young man's reasoning was his ignorance of an inerrant Holy Spirit. I thought they both agreed to this point early in the conversation. That agreement didn't last too long. Now, although he recognizes Jesus as a savior, he didn't really appear to embrace the Holy Spirit. I'm not claiming he's not a Christian, though, but I, I do question if he's living a fruitful life containing perhaps repentance, some reconciliation as well, too. Overall, I pray that his life does contain these elements. The next clip centers on a pro-choice versus pro-life discussion. Uh, abortion is a life-altering event for the mother and the child. It's very difficult. It's a very difficult circumstance. Abortion is the terminal effect of a sin issue, whether it be rape, 
incest, deception, perhaps selfishness, to name just a few progenitors. Children are a gift from God, according to Psalms 127, verse 3. But not everyone shares that perspective, of course. This next clip centers on a conversation about abortion between an Italian mother who supports pro-choice and the street preacher, Dory Love. Please check the podcast summary for links to the full version of this conversation. This lady said that I was trying to make her look bad. I'm not trying to make her look bad. I care what she has to say, and now I'm going to talk to her. The embryo is the first three months of pregnancy. During the embryo stage, okay, the Bible used to believe, and they used to say that the first three months, there was no soul inside that mass of cells. A lot of women have what you call a spontaneous abortion, which means a miscarriage, which means that by the grace of God, God allows you to let go of those cells of that creature that's not going to be born normal, and it dispels it from the body. So that's the first three months. The last, the second three months is when they, it's called the quickening. During the quickening, they believe that the soul enters at that point. As far as I'm concerned, and a lot of people that believe in abortion and don't believe in abortion are making one thing. They're making one full swept judgment upon someone who in the first three months has decided either through uh, ill-conceivement, incest, rape, and all those other things, or a misjudgment, or a very young person who made a mistake, okay? Whatever it is, the first three months, there is no soul in the embryo. Um, that's a lie. According to the Bible, the Bible says, I stitched, I stitched you together while you were in your mother's womb. So the Bible actually, um, uh, the Bible actually supports the, that, that, um, um, a baby is a baby at conception. If, if the Bible says, if God Amen. says, she said, she says God says this, but God's word is in the Amen. Bible. And the Bible says, I stitched you together while you were in your mother's womb. Uh, that was an interesting yet abrupt exchange. This was the very first time I ever heard of the quickening. And well, I wasn't really sure what religion she was using as her basis, but it was her belief nonetheless. Although she was well-spoken, I found it disheartening, though, that she associated miscarriages from God as support for abortions. Now, once again, Dory uses the word of God as a rebuttal. Um, this short clip does not do justice to the full conversation, though. So please see the podcast summary for the links to the originals. Next up is climate change. Climate change is a very sensitive topic and it's a line item on many political platforms. There's uh, plenty of science that shows global warming, although I also read headlines that state that the earth has cooled as a result of less activity due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, I'm not a geologist, but this subject exposes the spiritual warfare in the next clip where Dore preaches to a group of protesters that blocks New York City rush hour traffic. Please check the podcast summary for links to the full conversation. If you die today, do you know if you're going to be in heaven or hell? Well, the Bible says if you don't believe in Jesus Christ, you're going to hell. And you know what this is? Not, you want to worry about climate control? There's no climate control in hell. It's hot and it's fiery. The Bible says that the, that the, that the fire is not quenched and the worm dies not. That's what the Bible says. So if you really want to um, um, eradicate climate control, eradicate sin. Because sin leads people to the hottest place on earth. Sin leads people to the hottest place that you're ever going to go. Sin leads place people to hell. And uh, everyone who sins and dies in their sins, this is where they go. It's time to get right with God. It's time to stop playing and hitting the streets with silly signs and silly causes. It's time to get right with God. It's time to go out into the world and preach the gospel to every creature, baptizing them in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins. Amen. This is what it's time to do. It's not time to get out here and hold up silly uh, homemade signs. 
that mean absolutely nothing. That's not going to change anything. If you want to change something, you got to change the hearts of the people. And the only way to change the hearts of the people is through the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. And how do you get the Holy Spirit of God? By accepting Jesus Christ. Wow. Hell does not have climate control. Uh, what a punchline. Um, it wasn't much conversation between Dore and some of the protesters in this clip. But I am curious of how many of them um, support the theory of evolution and how many of them accepted that the earth was once flooded, according to the scriptures. Now, I, I do care about the earth and God did, too, when he placed Adam in the Garden of Eden back in Genesis chapter two, verses 15. Now, I'm once again, I'm not a geologist nor an avid follower on this topic, but climate change remains a serious concern for some and a conspiracy theory for others. I hope to get a little bit more educated on this topic. Perhaps I'll do a podcast on this topic if God blesses me with the appropriate guest. Next up is a trip to Comic-Con. It's a mega event that draws thousands of people from around the world, typically dressed up as their favorite character. It's a fantasy land for comic book lovers, and it's ripe with spiritual perspectives. Now, Dory preaches the gospel on the outskirts of a Comic-Con event. And for this podcast, we will focus on a conversation with an ex-Mormon, as well as a lukewarm Christian. Please check the podcast summary for links to the full conversation. No, I, my, my family's Mormon. That's not the church. That's a cult. Okay, cool. That's not you guys believe Mormons do not. Mormons believe that there's a whole bunch of people on a different planet having sex and then they throw them here. Mormons believe that black people are cursed with the mark of Cain and black people can't get into heaven unless they have a white man to get them in there. Mormons believe that Jesus Christ and the devil are brothers and that, and that when you die you're going to go to some planet called Kolob. Mormons believe that you can have a thousand and one wives. That's not Christianity. God Amongst them, and he brought them to Christ through friendship and love. That's not true. Yes, it is. It's in the New Testament. Right, show me one Bible scripture where Christ brought people to the Testament through friendship and love. It's he said, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Amen. That's what he said. Show me one Bible verse that says, Come to me in friendship and love. Yeah. Come to me and I will give you hugs and kisses. He said, Unless you repent, you will likewise perish. Show me that Bible verse. If you're a Christian, show me that Bible verse. I will. Show me that Bible verse. So if you show me that Bible verse, I believe you. The Bible says that every that God's word be true. Wait, wait, calm down. Self-control. You said you have the Holy Spirit. One of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. I see you the Bible says that every every man and the God's work with you and every person else be alive. So if you can show me in here what God would you Okay, cool, what's up? Um John Reese said that God's alone. Then he gave his life to God. Yes. We're not perish. We're, we're, we're not what? Not perish but have eternal life. What does perish mean? I mean to die. And go in. Amen. So that's, that's what Christ is saying. Repent, believe in me, or go to hell. And that's exactly what I'm preaching. Okay. Whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's trustworthy, and anything is praiseworthy, think about such things. You have to think about what these people think about. You have to think about such things. And this is not peace. Why is it not peace? Why is it not? What this is? This is not peace. Okay, Christian, are these people going to hell if they don't believe in Christ? You know what? No, 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 no,
If these people don't accept Christ, are they going to hell, Christian? Come on. Okay, everyone. And that's my point. Okay. All right, let, let's let's go back to the first conversation uh, with the Mormon woman. My my heart and prayer does go out to the ex-Mormon woman, that is, and anyone hurt by the occult. Cult experiences are the reality for many non-believers, and so easy to use it as a defense against the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus warns against false prophets or prophecies, and Jesus didn't necessarily trust everybody in scripture. Jesus was keen to point out in John 1 verses 47 how Nathaniel, an Israelite, had no deceit in his heart. And yet one chapter later, he did not trust others who marveled, pun intended, at his miracles. That is the nature of spiritual warfare. It's a soul match that's not so comical between the fallen versus the forgiven. Now, if you're a fan of comic books and interesting storylines, then I implore you to read the Bible. It's filled with a variety of plot twists, and I cover some of the biblical drama in our spotlight segment, and we'll continue to do so, God's willing. But moving on to the second conversation with the lukewarm Christian, she agrees with Dore, but believes the messaging is too abrasive and confrontational. Now, this is a tricky one. In a way, I think they are both correct, actually. I'm trying to be careful in my analysis, though, as I have been guilty of lukewarmness myself. The Bible is confrontational to the fallen nature of mankind. That's a given. We need repentance, but how do we get there? For some, the word of God is a bitter pill to those who are suffering from spiritual ailment, while for others, the word of God is a tall, refreshing glass of water that quenches their soul. I think Jude chapter 1 says it best, verses 22 and 23. By the way, Jude only has one chapter. Um, And it's going to be quoted from the New Living Translation. It says, And you must show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Show mercy still to others, but do so with great caution, hating the sins that contaminate their lives. Well, this is another episode of Beyond Sermons, where we seek Jesus Christ beyond the pulpit. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate and subscribe on the podcast platform of your choice. Goodbye. (laughs) Just kidding. Here are some bonus clips from an anime convention. I don't condone profanity, but out of respect for the conversation, this clip will be unfiltered. This time, an unnamed ministry partner of Dore's is conducting the interviews with two attendees. This is Argentina, everybody! Okay, so contributed to human genetics and stuff like that. He, he contributed, he made DNA and whatnot. Why would he put the, the male G-spot up the asshole? Did you hear what she said? Why is the male G-spot up the wazoo? Uh, listen, listen, boys. Don't let her trick you. That's not a G-spot, that's a prostate. And did you know if you massage your prostate too hard, you'll die? That's why God tucked it away to keep it away from you. Considering what comes out of the wazoo, you shouldn't want to put anything in there, especially not the fingers that you eat with.
God tucked it away so you would leave it alone, least you die. Hi, my name is Shauna, probably a little mommy. Um, I know that I'm also a Christian, so it says in the Bible, come just as you are, but I don't understand why you're here judging other people based on what they like and what they want to do, when I'm pretty sure everyone here watches porn and masturbates. For me, I just... I'm pretty sure everyone here masturbates at least once or more in their lifetime. So for you... I'm married! I don't have to! What was your name? Shauna. Alright everybody, this is Shauna the Masturbator. We know what she does in secret. We know what she's up to. Here's the problem of a masturbator, is that you can't get no satisfaction. Because you're not doing it God's way, you're doing it the devil's way. Now she said, the Bible says God accepts us as we are. That's not the Bible, that's Billy Graham. The Bible does not say God accepts you as you are. The Bible says unless a man is born again, he will not see the kingdom of God. The Bible says unless you repent, you will perish. The Bible says deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow him. Not stay as you are, come as you are, accept it as you are. Deny yourself. All right, one really, really quick disclaimer. Billy Graham was a famous international evangelist who was well-respected by many, including myself. He was well-known for telling people to come as you are during his altar call for salvation. There is plenty of evidence that Billy Graham preached salvation and encouraged people to come to God as they are, but that God can purify them. Here's a clip of Dory echoing those same sentiments. What Satan does is he twists the word of God and he tries to say that bad is good and good is bad. The Bible says woe to those who say bad is good and good is bad. So we're here to set the record straight. And the record the record straight is this. Homosexuality is a sin, but you can be saved and you can accept Christ and Christ will give you a new heart. Transgenderism is a sin, but you can be saved, you can accept Christ, and Christ will give you a new heart. Being a lesbian is a sin, but you can be saved, you can accept Christ, and you will get a new heart. You can come to Christ how you are. You don't have to not be a lesbian no more to come to Christ. Come to Christ as a lesbian, and he'll change that. He'll change it up for you. You don't have to wait to not be a homosexual no more. You can come to Christ as a homosexual, and Christ will take care of that for you. You don't gotta wait till you're not transgender no more. Come to Christ as a transgender, and he will change that for you. The Bible says come to Christ how you are. Me and my brothers, some brothers came to Christ as atheists. I know this one brother that used to live, believe in the flying spaghetti monster. He came to Christ and, and God got the flying spaghetti monster out of his life. I knew another brother came to Christ. He had a problem with masturbation and just, uh, he was a chronic masturbator. He was addicted to masturbation. He came to Christ and he's no longer masturbating and he has a nice wife that he doesn't have to do that anymore. I know, a whole, I know another brother that was so addicted to weed that he would smoke so much weed until he, he couldn't even pay his rent. He, he wouldn't even have food. He would spend all his money on weed and then he'd be hungry because he didn't have the munchies so he'd have to go to the supermarket to steal food. He came to God as a weed head. God got rid of that and now he has money. He pays his rent on time and he's not always broke. So God can change you right where you're at. All right. This truly wraps up another somewhat lengthy edition of Spotlight where we seek Jesus Christ beyond the pulpit. If you were blessed by this episode, please rate and subscribe on the podcast platform of your choice. God bless.